You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle War Report family? You got Ike Jones back with another morning drop. Today, reports out of the plains are Coach Hugh Freeze is indeed going to be calling plays for the offense this upcoming season. What does that mean for the offense? We'll talk about it. Y'all know how we do right here. War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Now listening to the Wall Report. Morning drop. It is January 10th, 2024. We are here on a Wednesday morning talking a little Auburn football. Hopefully everybody got a chance to get some good sleep after staying up all night watching Auburn basketball. Um, Shout out once again to the Auburn men's basketball team for getting the win versus Texas A&M last night, improving to 2-0 in the SEC. Uh, But today we're still talking a little football. And uh, before we get into the conversation, make sure you're doing the necessary, sharing the video out there on social media at The War Report. Hashtag get your weight up. Uh, Please give us a like, thumbs up on the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. And we greatly appreciate those of you who are doing that. Let's get the word out there about the great things we're doing right here at The War Report. Uh, But today we're talking offense for Auburn and we'll get it started off talking about Brian Batty. Reports are that he has removed his name from the transfer portal. So another player who had previously decided he was going to leave has decided he is not ready to hang it up from the orange and blue. Brian Batty is supposedly coming back, at least to go through spring, but he has removed his name from the transfer portal. Um, have not had an opportunity to talk to Brian about this and see what his reasonings were, uh, but I do know that There were team meetings that were happening, people reporting back to campus, and he decided he was going to come back. Uh, So looking forward to seeing that reunited running back room doing some great things in this year, too. Uh, So hopefully everything is going to be working out. We have a primary kickoff returner. I saw some kind of crazy comments online of people talking about how they didn't like his uh, him returning kicks uh, from deep in the end zone. But hey, listen. He is a dynamic kick returner that has proven to be true uh, throughout his career thus far. And hopefully this season he will be able to uh, coming up, be able to do some dynamic things in the kicking game and uh, be able to get more involved in the offense as we see what the play calling is going to be like in year two here under Coach Hugh Freeze. And speaking of which, the main thing that we're talking about today is play calling. Um, Multiple reports, most notably uh, Chris Lowe of ESPN, Somehow, Chris Lowe of ESPN is very tapped in with what's going on with Auburn over the last few years. But, um, you know, he does come to the game. So I've seen him up there in the booth uh, in the um, in the in the media booth. So Chris Lowe (laughs) getting reports out of Auburn. And and, I mean, he's not the only one that has uh, done these reports. But of course, when somebody from ESPN reports it, that's when the rest of the world starts uh, chiming in and taking note of that. But. Notably saying that the reports are that Coach Hugh Freeze has made the decision to call plays for the offense coming up in this season. Um, If you're a follower of this channel, then you know this is something that we have been talking about, wanting to see happen, thinking that this is the direction that will likely happen after Philip Montgomery was let go as the offensive play caller or as the offensive coordinator for Auburn uh, coming up in this season. And I think it's a welcome direction for the offense 
if you follow Coach Hugh Freeze at all, you know this is this is old hat for him. This is what he's used to doing. Uh, so this shouldn't be some drastic change in direction or, you know, he's going to be back in a place that he's most comfortable. And that's calling plays, having the play calling sheet in his hand, having the direction of the offense be under his tutelage and Listen, he's going to be able to ride and die with his own decisions. Gone are the days of the post-game press conference where we come in and we ask about what happens. And he's uh, going to be able to say, hey, well, you know, I wasn't involved in this and blah, blah, blah. And we're not doing this enough. Hey, listen, all of that is done. So it's going to be on Coach Hugh Freeze if he makes that decision. If if the reports are true, because you know Coach Hugh Freeze has not come out and said anything publicly uh, to declare that he's going to be the play caller going into the season. But again, everything that is happening is pointing in that direction. And I believe that that is the positive and, and best direction for this offense, an offense that really underachieved, in my opinion, in this previous season. Uh, I don't think that the level of what happened on the field was indicative of the talent that was available available to this offense. Uh, so then there's still a lot of things that need to get worked out as far as kinks with the offense, as far as uh, solidifying some spots of who's going to be playing. But we just talked about Brian Batty and his return. Your running back room is solidified. You've got all of the running backs necessary. You're bringing back that core uh, that was able to be productive for you, not necessarily overachieve, uh, but Jarquez Hunter um, has not announced any intents that he's going to be leaving. Damari Austin seems locked in. Brian Batty is back. So your your top three runners are going to be back, and you still have the emergence of young Jeremiah Cobb coming into his sophomore season. And Sean Jackson is still in that backfield. So you have a solid stable of five running backs that are going to be able to give you some continuity and stability going into the next season. Your tight end room is back. Right. You still have Rivaldo Fairweather. You still got Luke Deal. You still have uh, uh, Frazier, who's going to be there. Uh, you picked up uh, uh, you still have Michael Riley and then you just picked up Rico Walker. So you have uh, five solid tight ends that are going to be in that room. Um, but then it comes down to the offensive line and then the wide receivers and the quarterback position where there's still some uncertainty about who's going to be playing at what position. You feel like you have your starter of the future in Connor Lou, who played great minutes for you at center. So that position seems like you've got a, an incumbent starter there. Um, you've got some guys who've played some snaps for you at your tackle position with Dylan Wade coming back, right? And then you've got uh, Dylan Cinda, who's still there. And then you've got uh, Jaden Muskrat. You've got some guys who've played some snaps for you along that offensive front. Jeremiah Wright, I can go down the list on and on. We've talked about those. So you've got some guys who've played some snaps, can come back for you in your offensive line. Wide receiver room. Still a work in progress, but you have a lot of young talent that's going to be there. You still have Jay Fair in that room, still have Camden Brown, despite what people think about him. Uh, you still have Caleb Burton there in that room. So you've got some guys who've played snaps in this system that are going to be there. Not really sure what that system's going to look like just yet, but we do know that it's going to be RPO based. We do know that he wants to get into some tempo. And I think those things suit all of the people who we've just talked about already. Um and their skill set. Um, the question is, who's going to be the trigger man, right? Are you going to continue to ride with Peyton Thorne? We haven't heard about any movement as far as the transfer portal is concerned with a quarterback, but you do have the young up-and-comers that are there in that room between Holden Gurner, Hank Brown, and the uh, true freshman and uh, Walker White that people are excited about. So you've got pieces that are there. The question are, are those pieces going to be able to fit nicely together in the puzzles? Uh, the puzzle piece is going to fit 
for what Coach Hugh Freeze wants to do with his offense going into this season. If he's going to be the play caller, how does he utilize this bevy of uh, this arsenal of talent that he has available to him to be able to be effective in year two as a play caller for this team? It's going to be interesting to see how that happens, especially considering I don't think that the idea that we don't have talent along this team as far as the offense is concerned is is going to be a thing that you can say right it's inexperience but it's talent we've got the talent there now the question is are we going to be able to deploy that talent in a way that's going to be a maximum effectiveness now maximum effectiveness that's that's a range right i'm not saying that they're going to be elite but can you be have maximum effect with the level of talent that you have that is the challenge for coach hugh freeze coming up here in year two but it also begs the question who and what is the offensive coordinator system going to look like? Who's going to be the coordinator and what is going to be the role of that person? We've heard a lot of names getting tossed out there, but nothing has come to fruition as of yet as the offensive coordinator. Of course, the, the rumors are maybe Kent Austin takes a, a step up to the OC position and coaches quarterbacks, and you continue down the path of having Coach Hugh Freeze be the guy calling plays, Kent Austin being helping to develop the quarterbacks and help develop the passing game, right? That could be one direction. Do you go in the direction of the rumored situation with Derek Nix out there? He's the guy that's been most heavily tied to Auburn right now, currently with with Ole Miss, you bring him over and unify some more people from that old Ole Miss staff that you had that you liked there. That could be one direction that you take with your offensive play caller or with your, not with your play caller, excuse me, with your offensive coordinator. Or do you go in some other direction that nobody has a first clue about, right? And I've seen rumors, or not rumors, but definitely people online saying they'd love to just see them promote Cadillac and let him be the offensive coordinator. If you're not going to have him call plays, then why not do that and then fill in with someone else um, as a running backs coach? Or he could be the OC slash running backs coach, and then you just promote a QB coach to the, to the on-the-field coaching position. There are a lot of options out there. Interesting to see which direction Coach Hugh Freeze decides to take with all of the things that he has available to him to be able to do. So um, hopefully we will get some mo movement with all of those things coming up here soon. Uh, but there are some crucial decisions that have to be made uh, coming up uh, in regards to what's going to happen with this play calling staff. But if Coach Hugh Freeze is going to be the guy, now is the time to step up and make this a thing in his identity before the spring it's good that he if, if he's going in this direction let's go ahead and get this solidified now before spring happens so that we can get a playbook that's going to be unified I think it's uh what the playbook is going to look like is going to be interesting as well right like how different is it going to be for the guys who are on the team coming back for the next season how different is the playbook going to look is it going to be, you know, we heard that there were essentially two playbooks last year, right? Uh, one for Peyton Thorne, one for Robbie Ashford. Is one of those two playbooks the playbook that really is the Hugh Freeze playbook? Are there elements of it? Like, how is this offense going to look going into the next season? There are a lot of things that need to be ironed out, and they need to get an OC on board so that we can start to get those things solidified for those young men so they can start to learn that playbook so they can get off to a head start there in the spring. All right, enough of me talking. I appreciate everybody for dropping in here with me. As always, we have a show sponsored, and today it is Manscaped. Manscaped.com is the place that you want to go. Uh, cheers to the new year from our friends at Manscaped because your resolution shouldn't be the only things that are well kept. 2024 is the time for new heights, new opportunities, and a new look for your Times Square balls. Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 Extra is every man's cheat code to look good and feel good and turn the page on confidence in this year. Whether you're looking to maintain or trim 
uh, or go for that clean-shaven look. This trimmer has you covered, trusted by 10 million men worldwide. And now is your time to get a grip on your grooming with this exclusive offer by going to manscaped.com and using code REPORT for 20% off plus free shipping. Happy New Year or happy new balls? Maybe. Um, as a gesture for this new year, they even threw in two free gifts, Boxer 2.0 and the Shed 2.0 toiletry bag because they know they know you look good. And when you're rocking your uh, boxers from high school, you remember how that feeling was, right? Um, I'm a, I, this might be TMI, but I'm a, I'm a boxer briefs guy. I have the Manscaped boxers and, uh, you know, it's good. It's a good look. It's a good look. Y'all didn't want to know that about me today, but we're sharing today. So I figure I just give you that little tidbit about Ike Jones. Probably just lost all of my male viewing audience right then. But, uh, you know, it's all good. But we are not here to talk about my boxers. We're here to talk about the offense for Auburn. And I want to hear from you all. Uh, so... War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. We'll get over here into the comment section and see what you all are talking about this morning. I appreciate everybody for jumping in with me. And as always, Green Name Game is out here in full strength uh, this morning in the comment section. A lot of War Eagles here this morning. See if there's any great comments. We'll kick it off with Tatiana, who's just speaking facts this morning and says, it's a great time to be an Auburn fan. There is never not a good time to be an Auburn fan. So looking forward to uh, a lot of great things for this Auburn basketball team to keep the people in high spirits uh, right now in the Auburn community. P-Pass jumps in and says, make Batty a hybrid running back wide receiver. He can catch. I actually like this idea. I like, you know, again, I'm a fan of the Swiss Army Knife type players that allow you to be in a same in one formation, but have multiple things that you can do out there. I would like to see more two running back formations out there where we do use running backs as slot receivers or two running backs in the backfield uh, to be able to run a different kind of RPO out of that situation, especially especially if you're going to go with one of the younger quarterbacks Holden Gurner or Hank Brown who are not as good uh, running the football as Peyton Thorne or Walker White if you're going to go with one of those two I would definitely like to see more two back sets that would allow you to have some deception in there with how you're going to be aligning that give them more opportunities to uh, just get ahead of what the defense is trying to do um, Jonathan Boyson contemplates wondering if Batty is coming back, if it has to do with Hugh taking over the play calling. Was he more excited about the potential of the offense under Hugh Freeze uh, and maybe his potential to be contribute in that system than he was about what would be in year two of Philip Montgomery? I don't know the answer to that, but that is, you know, something that I guess we could ponder. Uh, let's see. 
lot of great comments out here from you all, and I appreciate it every single time. Um, let's see. Lisa Daniel jumps in and says, good morning, family. Feeling good. Got an SEC win. Keontae and Batty are Keontae and Batty are back. Just wondering who the quarterback will be still giving me pause. Uh, listen, that, that is an answer that we will likely not get anytime soon. Uh, there seems to like they're holding uh, true with the four that are in the room right now. And it's going to be a quarterback battle. Uh, when we get into the spring. So definitely looking forward to seeing what the spring holds for us uh, as far as that QB competition is going, because if it is going to be a true competition, and I said this before, uh, I will hold, I will reserve my excitement about the idea of a quarterback competition until I really see what that looks like. Um, Because I've heard quarterback competition for really like the last three or four seasons, and it really hasn't panned out to be a true quarterback competition um, based upon how the rhetoric around whether or not a quarterback who was in the room was performing relative to the other quarterbacks. Oh, it was a close competition, and I believe in all of these guys, right? You hear that type of rhetoric, but then when you get into the season and you don't see um, – great performance from the quarterback you you see a reluctance to hand the the football over to someone else and then when the football does finally get handed over to a new quarterback they don't necessarily perform well as if they were truly in neck and neck competition and it's clear that the guy that was number one was the best guy for the job now last year I don't really know what the situation was around what the differences between Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford were. I mean, I know what the differences were um, fundamentally between them as far as their skill sets, but as far as how the offense could have operated one way or the other. But what was clear to me is that they didn't have trust in Robbie Ashford to run the totality of the offense for whatever reason that was. So it, it, it leads me to feeling, I don't understand how he's number two in the quarterback battle. If, was it just that big a difference between the two? I just don't know that I, I believe that that QB competition was as close as we were led to believe that it was with the reluctance to hand the ball over to him as QB won at any point in time during the season. So hopefully we will be in a position now where Coach Freeze, Kent Austin, whomever is going to be there helping with the quarterback development has two or three guys that are actually ready to suit up and take QB one snaps. Um, and now, listen, I don't want whoever is the court, the first quarterback out there to flop. I'd rather not even know what QB2 looks like because QB1 is doing that well, right? That's the preferred scenario. But scenario B that I would absolutely love to see is that if QB1 underperforms expectation, we have someone who is ready to step in and be the quarterback of the future for this team and steps in and is able to be capable, right? Or, and God forbid this scenario, your first quarterback gets injured, you have somebody else you can turn and hand the football to. I've Too many times, again, in the past couple of years, one of those two scenarios has played out and it doesn't seem as if the next guy is ready to play. And so I'm ready for a coaching staff that is ready to groom quarterbacks that are ready to step in and take the reins should their number be called on Saturdays. Haven't seen it yet, but I would love to see it. James Barnett asks, Ike, do you think Coach Freeze gets away from the 
the uh doesn't have experience narrative and just play the best players in any position you can't get experience if you don't get experience just saying i absolutely think that this is going to be a thing going forward i think a lot of what has allowed coach Hugh Freeze to be successful as a recruiter is his reliance on the idea that I will play you if you're the best guy. Playing young guys that are talented, getting them on the field, getting them experience. He showed that with Jeremiah Cobb last year, his willingness to go out there and let a young guy play, even though there were guys with more experience in front of him that I think could have done some of the similar things that he was doing out there. He played the the talented guy at running back out there. Uh, So I think that that's something that we could see happen in the future with some of these wide receivers. We could definitely see it happen on the defensive side of the ball, even though I don't think that Coach Hugh Freeze is going to meddle too much on the defensive side. So whoever the defensive um, coordinator and whatever pans out with the different – how they're going to divvy up the different rooms are going to have more say in that. But I do believe we are going to get to a place where it's going to be about talent over experience. If the experienced one is not just far and above grasping the concepts or being able to execute those concepts, I think he's going to be willing to take his lumps with some inexperienced guys this year in order to show that number one, he's willing to play those guys so that he can continue to recruit them. But number two, give yourself that head start on gaining some experience with some of those guys and it'll pay dividends down the line. That's my hope at least. Um, and I think that he's shown his his willingness to do that in previous coaching stops. Hopefully that is going to be a case here at Auburn as well. A contrarian said that Hugh kept saying Monty's terminology was different from his. He did repeat that over and over again. He also said that he felt like that might have been a good thing because there are so many people who are familiar with his terminology that maybe it was going to give them an edge and not having people you know, tip their hand at what they're going to be doing. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how he deals with that situation as well as he's saying, hey, listen, you might know what the terminology is, but we're going to be able to execute the things I'm doing so well that I don't care that you know some of that terminology. Uh, but as long as it's something that's going to be familiar to him, Uh, And when they go in there and they develop those things, he's going to be more ready. I think him saying things like that, because, listen, that terminology had to be new to all of the players as well. Right. It's not as if those people had been with Hugh Freeze entirety of his career. So if the players can pick up on the terminology, there's no reason Hugh Freeze couldn't. That shows more to me that he was not locked in on the offensive side than anything else is his. Uh, his unease with being able to jump in and do things. I get you're doing one thing one way for so long, but listen, if if players can come in and transfer in and and learn terminology, which some of them struggled with that, and learn concepts, then Coach Hugh Freeze, who's been doing offensive play calling and concepts, should be able to do that as well. It shows me that he really wasn't in the pilot seat or really even in the co-pilot seat last year with the offense. So this coming year, he needs to get back into the thing that he's most comfortable with, and that is piloting the plane and get out there and make it happen for this offense so that we can have a unified voice with the players around what the strategy is for the offense and then a unified vision of what they want to do on game day in certain scenarios. Hopefully gone are the days where we're getting, you know, late into a play a play clock and we still don't have a play call in because it's not a debate about what we're doing. We're going to, Hey, it's going to be your call. We're going to move forward. We don't need to check with the head coach. No, we're just going to go and we're going to do what we need to do. I'm looking forward to seeing that be a big change going into the next year.
Miller House says if we get the if we find the right trigger man and get the right uh, get it get right in the trenches, we'll be a solid football team in 2024. Absolutely agree with this statement. Um, if you find the right quarterback and offensive line. Uh, it allows the offense to move a lot more smoothly. I'm looking forward to seeing what we're able to do um, in those areas, whether it's transfer portal or just by development of the guys that we have. I think that, you know, a lot of people are underrating what we could potentially have already on our offensive line sitting on the bench right now, just because we haven't seen those young guys play. But again, to the point that was made earlier, you can't get experience unless you get experience. There's no way around that. Right. So you're going to have to play people who haven't played before if they're ever going to play. Uh, and, and garbage time isn't necessarily the same thing. It doesn't instill the same kind of uh, confidence. So you need to get them snaps in some of these early games uh, and, and allow them to be out there playing against the ones of someone else, right? So it's uh, spring is going to be interesting, but it's also going to be really good to get those guys out there playing in meaningful snaps so that they can get the experience and and have the ability to go out there and just feel the environment and, and all of those things necessary to make you a player that is ready to take on the challenges when we get into the SEC play. So uh, I'm hoping that that is going to be the case, that some of those young guys will get an opportunity in this system. And then I don't know what's going to happen from the quarterback standpoint, but I am looking forward to seeing some sort of QB competition. Just just let it be a competition, actually, and let these young men prove their worth, and whoever's the best guy, let them. And I'm, I'm not rooting for anybody in particular in the QB race. I just want the best guy to be able to win it. And whoever that is, let it be somebody who's competent and, and able to go out there and execute. And again, if it doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to be, let's be willing to pivot off of it. Dustin Pace jumping in and says, I hope all of the talking points from this year go away. I'm tired of the QB position and this coach has to figure that out. More than anything, it will determine our ceiling going forward. It's difficult to not have a quality quarterback, have quality quarterback play and have, you know, a high ceiling for your offense. Like it's overcoming poor quarterback play is is very difficult. Like that takes imaginative play calling. Um, and hopefully Coach Hugh Freeze gets into some more imaginative imaginative play calling and we're able to scheme some guys open this year. I don't feel like we did a really good job of scheming guys open consistently last season. Um, so if you're in a position where you feel as if your wide receiver core is not top notch, that's when your play caller has to do a better job of effectively utilizing guys and scheming guys open. If they're not just going to win on routes like, oh, man, our wide receivers can't win their one on ones. Well, we'll scheme them open. That's what play calling is for. You're, you should be able to do things from a scheme perspective and be able to attack how the defense is uh, giving you looks to be able to get guys open. So. Like we, I don't think that we did either of those things particularly effectively last year, utilizing our guys to be able to do what they do naturally to maybe win some of those one-on-ones in, in ways that make sense for them or scheming them open if you felt like they couldn't win those one-on-ones consistently. As you get into the game and you're seeing that your game plan's not working, pivot into some things that allow you to scheme those guys open. We saw it happen occasionally last year, but it was not consistent. And I think that this year we need to see more of that, a pivot in how we're going to attack defense is to scheme guys open. That's going to be an imperative for Coach Hugh Freeze as he takes over play calling duties. 
Let's see. See if there's any other great comments out here. You guys are saying a lot of great things. Can't get to them all, but I appreciate everybody for jumping in here this morning. Um, Daniel Owen says, I think most QBs would have looked good against a second and third team offense playing prevent. Am I mistaken? You are mistaken. There are QBs who would go out there and look horrible against a prevent defense um, and second and third string. Um, that's just the reality. And I, I think there's a difference between looking good versus second and third string and prevent. So I assume, and I didn't read all the comments leading up to this, that this was about Hank Brown. Let's be clear. They weren't really playing prevent defense that first drive when he was in. They just weren't rushing more than three or four, right? That's not the same thing as playing prevent. Prevent usually is they're playing deep zone and cover and they're dry and they're, they're allowing you to get throws underneath. If it was a prevent, then that was an absolute bust on the deep shot that he hit to Caleb Burton. You can't have a prevent and still have a deep shot that happens over the top one-on-one. -on -one. But those two things shouldn't exist in the same paradigm. So not prevent. Now, whether or not those were starters, that's, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't looking at who was playing in on those snaps for their defense. Um, so being a starter, but Hank Brown isn't a starter, right? So him playing against guys that were, and he was playing with the second team offensive line, right? So like, we, we got to just give him credit for looking good in the scenario in which he was placed in, right? So I, I don't think that everyone would have done well in that scenario. I think that you give guys credit for looking good in that scenario. Now, is that fair to compare him to Peyton Thorne? No, but give him credit for looking good when he came in the game, considering he had not taken a single snap ever in college football prior to doing that. That's not always easy to do. So I give him credit where credit is due. Um, so I'm not going to take that away from that young man just because the scenario, right? He, he can't help when he was placed in the game. He's got to go in there and take advantage of the opportunities. And I've seen plenty of backup quarterbacks come in and not look good in those scenarios. So no, that's not a given for them to be able to do that. All right. That's it, man. I am done talking this morning. You guys have been great. Please make sure that you visit show sponsor Rogue Shop. They always sponsor the morning drop. They are at rogueshop.com. America's number one online dispensary is the Rogue Shop. Use code report when you do that. Get a little something off your purchase, whether it's sleep, stress, anxiety, or pain relief that you need. Rogue Shop's got the remedy for you. Before you get out of here, please hit that like button, subscribe, share the content out there on social media. Not enough of you guys are sharing the content out there. I be seeing the, the, the videos get shared. It ain't enough of that happening. So I need more y'all to go out there and do that. And I appreciate those who continue to do that. Uh, we'll be back at you guys with the midweek report tonight and um, a lot more things to talk about. Until then, and as always... <laughs>